BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines. Actually on a good microphone for once. Are we sure? Today is Wednesday, September 27th, 2023. And one week after Jason's horrible gaffe, we are bringing you a great podcast, Ty, because we are reviewing a movie that might break the record for the quickest biopic documentary versus when the events actually happened. No. Maybe not break the record, but mainstream actors? I don't know. The very quick turnaround for this documentary, Dumb Money, about the GameStop stock surge of 2021. Yeah. I mean, it is very recent events. They got this together faster than Netflix got the Squid Game thing together. They got this together faster than a lot of people have gotten a lot of things together, Ty. Um, Right in time when the writer strike is ending, we're going to review Dumb Money. Hopefully this can uh, be the catalyst to get some better movies coming out here soon because, spoiler alert, I thought this movie was a pretty good movie, Ty. But that's not just it. We're not just reviewing Dumb Money because we're also going to do a draft. The dumbest things money can buy. Everyone always says stuff is the best thing money can buy. We're going to draft the dumbest things that money can buy. Mm, I can't wait. Let's get into the show. 60% of the time, it works a youtuber by the name of roaring kitty creates content around the stock market When he recognizes a potential to make money investing in GameStop, he invests heavily in it and gets an entire Reddit community to do the same. In doing so, he creates one of the biggest stock market surprises ever and bankrupts a billion-dollar company. Can I... uh, Dumb money. Thank you. I was about to say, I I was going to ask you if you could uh, name the movie after you read your synopsis. That was going to be my... My writer's edition, my editor's edition to that tie. Got you. Uh, speaking of writers, real quick before we jump in the movie, the writer strike is over. Not officially over. It still has to be ratified and everything. The actors are still on strike. Hollywood's not going to return quite yet. But the writers got their money and happy for them. I think everyone in just all walks of life, unless you're already filthy rich, deserves to make more money. But uh, I just don't think this is going to fix everything they want it to fix. I think uh, these streaming companies know that they're probably going to start licensing their stuff here soon. I think we saw the big streaming bubble. Everyone has to have their own streaming service, and we're about to see a big consolidation where a lot of these companies are probably going to come together. Like HBO Max and Peacock. Why wouldn't they just fucking join forces into one streaming? You cut the cost in half and all that stuff. Does it cut the cost in half? I don't know. but Or they can license stuff out. Whatever it is. I just I don't think all these things last. So I feel like in 10 years we're going to look back on this and be like, huh, this actually didn't matter as much as we thought it did. Hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I thought it would be good for the AI, like no AI in art type thing. Yeah. But the writers can use AI still. As a tool. As a tool, which just means they can use AI still. Well, how would you even use AI as a tool for as a writer? That's Asking for some synonym, synonyms. This is how you use AI as a tool as a writer. You say, "I've got this cool idea. I'm going to use this tool to write it, and then tweak it a little bit, and then yeah. it's my own." Um, happy for them though. Hollywood will hopefully be back, Ty, because I love going to the movies, and we've been running dry a little bit. We went down the hill uh, for people who don't live where we live. We drove pretty far to go watch this film because it's not up where we are uh, living here. Um, and I want to tell you something, Ty. I think I went to the nicest movie theater I've ever been to in my life. Yeah? The freaking Rialto Cinemark. It's called, like, the Cinemark Renaissance. Renaissance yeah. Bistro. I think they just, like, remodeled the inside because that thing was pristine. What was now, it? Easily. I've been to movie theaters all across the country. Nicest movie theater I've ever been to. And it was just a Cinemark. It wasn't even anything, like, over the top. No shit. Dude, it was the I, – I did my recliner did break, though, when I tried putting it back in. At the end of the movie, it wouldn't go back in, and I just kind of left it there. For... Well, that's the next person's problem. That didn't affect your <laughs> viewing experience at all. Um, but, like, the lobby was great. They had, like, a whole little restaurant bar area like the Cinemarks often do, but there was people just hanging out there at the fucking Cinemark bar. Fuck yeah. That didn't look like they were there for a movie. They were just there for the bar. That's how nice it was. That's pretty sick. They had some great posters. They had this thing when you walked to our movies. It was, like, a art. It was wall art, and on one side – so it stuck out a little bit, probably like eight inches. This is great radio. It stuck out of the wall eight inches. It was slanted a little bit. So when you're looking at it as you're walking down the hallway, you could see you know, each slant is painted so it looks like faces. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Yeah, yeah. So it was like Harry Potter and uh, I don't remember the other people. I'll be honest. <laughs> and as you walked and you see it from the other side, the other side of it, was the fucking villains of those movies. So as no you walked way. by the poster, that wall art, it was like all these heroes and then all the villains on the other side. It was the coolest wall. I was literally like walking back and forth next to it, fascinated by it. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures of this place online right now. This is beautiful. <laughs> it's just a Cinemark. I might just go there just to treat myself every oh, once in a while. It's a video of the villains. <laughs> it's a video of the villains. I'm going to be shocked right now if there's something different on the other side. <laughs> oh, my! there's the Joker. There's Killmonger. Yep. 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 Darth Vader. And then I think uh, Black Panther, Batman. Yeah. I don't know who the fuck that guy in the center is, but. Pretty cool. That was. That's pretty sick. This I might, looks really nice. I might treat myself quarterly. Once a quarter, I might just drive, make the drive just because. Just for whatever movie. It it was nice. I Look, it looks nice. I actually had comments because I, I went down as well. I went to the Regal, Ontario, mm-hmm. uh, the one with the wonderful IMAX screen. Mm-hmm. Didn't see this in IMAX, obviously. It's like the smallest theater <laughs> yeah, possible there. Um, Regal's not a Coke thing. Regal's a Pepsi place. Okay. Really pisses me off every time. Got a hot dog? Terrible. <laughs> Their popcorn is better than any popcorn I've ever tasted, though. Regal does have good popcorn. It's the best popcorn, but what you get in popcorn... <laughs> you don't get it. You hot lack dog. everything else. Yeah, I the popcorn at the Cinemark wasn't great. They did have Coke freestyle machines, which, as you know, is a big seller for yeah, me. I mean, it's you have a Coke freestyle machine. All I get is sparkling water, but just giving me the options to ca- customize, I'm yeah. like, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best. There's nothing better than the freestyle machine. It's it was 20 years ahead of its time. Um, how was your theater? Was it full? Because my theater was surprisingly. I I was sitting next to someone, and so was Riley. Really? That's how full it was, yeah. So, I don't know what the fuck. This is obviously limited to release. I think it goes wide next week. Tomorrow? Or two days from now, the release yeah, on, of this on podcast. Friday. Yeah, Um, I was in a theater with 
and I believe I counted, including myself, there was five solo watchers. I've never seen it before in my entire wow. life. Wow. <laughs> Just one person sitting alone watching a movie. Obviously, I do it all the time. We do this pod. I go to yeah. the movies a lot. I've never seen that many of my kind there. Did you guys do like a head nod? <laughs> no, there was one behind me. There was one in front of me. There was a dude who looked like he was too embarrassed to watch by himself, and he kind of like snuck in the front and sat in like the front <laughs> row. So I'm like, dude, you can't fucking do that. Yeah. And then there was like a couple scattered, but it was pretty like not that many people. It was pretty empty, but just like five of us all by ourselves. I've never seen it. It's all the redditors, man. Yeah. No. No <laughs> shit. <laughs> that showed up to watch this movie to see if their Reddit post made it to the movie. That's funny. Yeah. It was weird. I was thrown off by it because like I sit down and I'm all by myself. And then another guy walks in, and it's just him. And then another guy walks in, and it's just him. I think there was a chick who was watching it by herself behind me, too. I think everyone in life, there's certain things you need to do to, like, become a more complete person. I think everyone needs to go to a movie by themselves at least once. Yeah. Because everyone feels awkward as hell when you do it for the first time. I did the first time I did it. Yeah. But it, it's kind of nice sometimes. Like, oh, it's great. Obviously, I would, every, anytime Riley wants to go, I want her to come with me. But, 100%. like, when I watch a dumb action movie and it's just me, it's like... I don't know, you know? Yeah. Me me and the guy by himself in front of me, we're having a blast throughout this movie. We're <laughs> laughing out loud, having a good time. I don't, you know, everyone else was too shy, but we were enjoying it. My theater was full, but I'll tell you, not a great theater. Really? There was some chuckles here and there. There was a moment in the movie where I laughed out loud and not a single other noise was made in the theater. No. And it was very embarrassing. And it was a funny moment. I'll tell you now, spoilers, of course, on this podcast. Yeah. It was just... uh. Pete Davidson's character makes the AOC joke, and then later when he's watching the stream, AOC <laughs> pops up, and he call what do you call her? Like, my queen or something yeah, like I that? I remember something. And it was funny, and yeah. I legitimately, like, laughed pretty heartily, and no one else in the theater yeah. laughed. I, I got don't a know. good kick out of it. I don't know if they didn't hear it because he kind of muttered it, or I, maybe there were some anti-AOC people there. I don't know, but I thought it was very funny. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I was laughing. Me and the other dude, we, were, we laughed out loud multiple times together. We had a good time. <laughs> we, were se- we were separate, but together. Oh, how much about uh, Dumb Money? Because I know, uh, I think you were on the AMC stock at one point. Yeah, I made a little bit on AMC. Um, how much of this story were you familiar with before you saw the film? Um, I kind of, I picked up on it when it was kind of at its height, obviously, when everything was going on. And then I was looking into it. I was investing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was on Robinhood the day that you couldn't buy shit. Yeah, I remember that. I remember like being on the app, like, what the fuck? <laughs> but I didn't, you know, know all the details. I didn't know this guy went before Congress. That's fucking crazy. I knew he did, but I wasn't familiar with his work or anything. Yeah. So, I mean, I knew a little bit, but it was cool to see all these details. Um, I know at one point they have, like, the barstool Dave Portnoy mm-hmm. interviewing the guy from Robin Hood. I remember watching that. Like, mm-hmm. I watched that interview, and he's like, everyone fucking hates you. And the guy's yeah. just like, yeah, thanks for uh, having me, Dave. She's <laughs> <laughs> the most unself-aware motherfucker ever. Yeah. Uh, so I remember some of it, but it was cool to see, you know, everything and just a wild cast. Of how a many people lot of names. are, like, aware of this situation and probably were like, fucking sign me up. I want to be a part of this. Yeah. I I mean, obviously, Pete, uh, Pete Davidson, Paul Dano, Vincent D'Onorfio, uh, Nick Offerman, uh, Seth Rogen, uh, Sebastian Stan, Anthony Ramos. Like, there's just so many names here. Yeah. Um, America Ferreira, who I love from Superstore. Even uh, Shailene Woodley. She was in uh, the Divergent series. Yep. A um, lot of names in this. And it only had a $30 million budget. I don't really know how that's possible. Uh, maybe because there's just no CGI and whatnot. But when you have a cast like this and your budget's only 30 mil, kind of strange. That is wild. Maybe that shows other studios that, hey, we're probably spending a little bit too much on these movies. Just a hinge. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, it's crazy. I agree. Usually a movie like this, this quickly after it happened, you wouldn't see. I could see like Paul Dano doing this no matter what. He seems kind of like he would be in this kind of scene. But usually you wouldn't see like a Seth Rogen, Nick Offerman, you know, all these people in this mo- kind of movie. But maybe they thought it would be the next big short, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely seems like what they were going for. I don't know if they achieved it, but. I will say I did watch the big short two weeks before, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. So it's fresh in my mind. Gotcha. So it, it's fresh for comparison. So with that being said, we could jump into the scale tie. Plot slash story. I'll go first because I, I kind of had a point I wanted to make here. Hit me. I think the GameStop story and the stock story is fascinating. I think this is the kind of stuff they should teach in history classes. I think, uh, you know, the market correction and what people did, you know, to the stock market, which is the, the kind of entire point of the stock market, you know, the public should kind of control it a little bit. Um, it's fascinating. And the, the story of Roaring Kitty is fascinating. And, you know, all that being said, I think this movie I think it's a fascinating story, and I feel like once they got the the green light to make a movie, they were kind of like, huh, I don't know if we can make an hour 30 movie out of this, an hour 45 movie out of this. It's a very short film. Uh, It is an hour 45. So you get some stuff in it that's obviously very important to the film with Paul Dano, and I do think like the Seth Rogen stuff's important and the Nick Offerman stuff's important, but like – this movie didn't need the America Ferrera stuff. It didn't need the Anthony Ramos kind of side missions. It didn't need the two uh, college girl kind of things. And I know it's meant to pay, paint a picture of those who were also in it with him. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I'm not dissing the stylistic choice. I think adding that does add something. But I think it was very clear that like the overall story, it was kind of like we got to add more meat on this bones and we got to fictionalize it a little bit and add stock mama and add these, you know, these college girls, so not fictionalized, real people. Well, I'm sure, but fictionalized. I'm sure they don't know what Stock Mama was actually doing. No, probably not. X, Y, and Z. You know. So again, I thought it was fascinating. I thought it was a good story, and I thought if they really wanted to, could they have done like an hour long special on a streaming service and not included that stuff and have it be just as good? Maybe. Um, but at times it did feel a little chaotic, going from like this to this, to this to this. Uh, I gave it a 13 out of 20. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think. Obviously, it was intentional to have all those different plot lines going at the same time. Yeah. Because it showed, like, it's this average day guy who makes content. He's the one who's fucking running the whole thing. But then it showed that the whole thing with this was, like, the small guy versus the big guy and how the small people team up together. Mm -hmm. Theoretically, you could beat the big guy at Wall Street and shit. And so you have to have that, you know, look, it's the person who fucking works at GameStop. It's a nurse who's in debt. It's college students. It's, you know, all this shit. But I, I think they could have done it better. There's got to be a different way to do it because it does feel like it gets jumpy at points and it's almost like certain plot points are in there just to fill out a full movie. Yeah. Because what do you do if you don't have all of those different storylines going on? Yeah. Um, I think that another point that I've seen is they didn't make the day that Robin Hood stopped letting people buy. Mm-hmm. They didn't make that a big enough point. Like that should be the moment of the movie. Yeah. That really just fucks everything over and how aggressively elite. I don't know if it's illegal. It feels illegal. Well, there was no charges or anything. They dropped all the charges. Again, because they have a lot of money to get those charges dropped. Feels like that shouldn't be allowed, though. And how much they just fucked over everyone because they had enough money to do so. Yeah. That should have been the big, big, big moment in the movie. And I feel like it kind of happens and it's kind of like a oh shit type thing. But then it's just like, all right, let's move on. 
I wonder if there is. No, I don't remember if there was like a a warning before the movie, but I wonder if there is like some legal concerns. Like the only things they could put in the movie is stuff that was like confirmed in these Congress hearings. You know, the whole text message and everything. So yeah. like. Maybe they couldn't do more with Sebastian Stan and Nick Offerman because if they did, maybe those entities could sue them and be like, hey, you can't prove this happened kind of deal. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's got to be that threat, but they have like the Robin Hood logo and shit in the app in the movie. Yeah. And so they have to get But they can't sue them for. No, they don't need permission. It's just free advertising, technically. Okay. But they could sue them for like libel or something. You know what I mean? If the movie defamation. Yeah. Depicted them doing something that wasn't. So like. they said in the movie that it, the text messages were undercovered or un- uncovered during the trial or whatever. So that's probably why they were able to allude to it and everything. So I don't know. I could be totally wrong. Yeah. But well, I, and then there's the thing where they wanted to tell a real story. If they say, hey, we fictionalized part of this. Can you get away from it? But then it's not a true story yeah. at that point. It's a fictionalized version. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's that's curious. I wonder if you just wait like five years and don't make this movie so fucking quickly. <laughs> if you could then kind of make it more interesting and lie about stuff. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Not necessarily lie, but like, hey, we know this shit happened. They had money to cover yeah. it up, but like this fucking happened. Yeah. If you could get away with that and make it more interesting. I don't know. They could have made that climax a bit more climactic, I would, yeah. argue, I would agree. Yeah, and it's just... I'm one point higher than you. I'm at a 14 because I did like the different storylines and the different perspectives, but it did, while I liked it, it did make it feel jumpy at points. You don't get that much. Yeah. And and I've never seen the big short. I don't exactly know. I've heard great things about it. Um, But I feel like the whole storyline with the Roaring Kitty character, Paul mm-hmm. Dano, it isn't that interesting. Like, it kind of happens, and he makes content, and then he makes a lot of money. Yeah. Like, there isn't a lot there. The event is fucking crazy and how yeah. it happened, but, like, the actual storytelling aspect well, of they, it. Well, they added the brother thing and his sister dying and, you know. And so I, I don't know how you expand upon it, but for what it was, I thought it was fine. I wasn't bored. I was engaged the whole time. Yeah, it's similar to Big Short. Uh, Big Short is about the housing crash in 2009 and how this one investor i mean well multiple people kind of figured it out but christian bale is like the first person to figure out like how bad all these um mortgages they were giving out were and he was like the housing market's gonna crash and everyone was calling him crazy blah 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 so he went to all these banks and was like hey i want to buy a bunch of shorts on you know these housing loans or whatever and all the banks were like this is dumb money pretty much like of course we'll give you a fucking 400 million dollars and whatever you know these uh these shorts and everything and so it follows kind of bail, but then there's other, there's like these two like college kids who have their own little upstart firm and they catch on to it and they start doing it. And I want to say there's like two or three other kind of people who are latching on to this, uh, you know, the housing market falling and everything. So it's kind of similar to that with dumb money where it's like you have the main guy, but then you also have America Ferreira and you have Anthony Ramos, which Anthony Ramos's character, I believe was fictionalized. That one was just supposed to be like a generic GameStop clerk or whatever. Um, but the other ones like the, college students and whatnot i don't think were fictionalized but that's yeah. kind of where it was similar I, I will say if you cut one of the storylines i feel like you could get rid of the anthony ramos one yeah for sure i think that's the one you cut first yeah kind of like seeing the nurse side the college kids i feel like that's that's like a main line that was that age group and demographic who was really fucking involved in this mm-hmm. and seeing all the fucking college kids sitting on the couch like watching this shit i feel like that plays the nurse one i just kind of liked so you leave that in there mm-hmm but 
I think if you want to cut something out and expand on the other storylines, Anthony Ramos is who you remove from the movie. Yeah, and Big Short, it's Bale, it's uh, Steve Carell, who's like a firm, and then it's um, the two college kids, and Brad Pitt is like someone they know who helps them like with the situation or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Ryan Gosling's in it as well. Pretty good in it. That's all you got to say. I'll watch it. You like you you would like the Big Short tie. Key elements. What did you give this film? So it's it's a documentary, but not a documentary. It, you know, it's I guess I should say biopic kind of of the situation. I don't know. What is this movie considered? Mockumentary? No, it's not a mockumentary. It's not a mockumentary. It's biographical comedy drama. Yeah. No, that feels accurate. That feels accurate for all three of those. Mm -hmm. Um, It's pretty funny. I'm laughing throughout. It's not a true, you know, cut and dry comedy. Obviously, it's more about the situation. But the situation itself was a very comedic one with people posting memes and just doing dumb shit online that just probably really pissed off all these really serious billionaires. Yeah. As they were just, you know siphoning money out of their accounts yeah um which is funny because you know fuck rich people but <laughs> um you know there was the comedy and and that worked for me there's a little bit of drama and what was going to happen but also like you know we kind of know the story a little bit so it wasn't that dramatic yeah i do think it works pretty well but i think you could do all of it a little bit better um I, i'm at a 16 out of 20 on key elements i laughed a lot throughout it i liked the moments I, I think it did have pretty good highs pretty good lows you can expand on it in every way though yeah i think there's a very stylistic uh element to this movie which kind of carries over into the next category but that style yeah. uh bleeds onto this i think they're trying to capture that energy of wall street bets the subreddit and i do think it kind of bleeds over well into this film and just how it's made and like kind of breaking the fourth wall a little bit but also like bringing in real life elements and you know kind of just how they did that um it was funnier than i expected it doesn't start very funny i think most of the laughs are courtesy of pete davidson um who just plays pete davidson i feel like in every movie he's in and god damn it is he good at being (laughs) pete davidson um so the comedy is there and like you mentioned you know the biographical drama like you have all the stuff that you kind of need in it yeah they could have expanded more of it with you know the robin hood stuff and whatnot but I thought there was a very obvious type of movie they were trying to make and they made it, but I would agree with you. Like it can be done a little bit better. It can be done like the big short. I gave it a 14 out of 20. Okay. A couple points lower. It's just kind of, this movie kind of feels like the big shorts, little brother. And I haven't seen the social network and I know the guy who uh, wrote the book that this is based on might've wrote the social network. Social network is a masterpiece of a movie. It's, it's so much better than this film. And that's not a, like a knock on this film. Social Network's fucking incredible, though. But it's a different type of movie, I would say. Oh, no. One of the producers of The Social Network is uh, produced this movie. Okay. The book that this was based off of, though, was The Anti-Social Network, which is the oh. book about the GameStop squeeze by Ben Mesrick. Hold on. This was based off a book? This movie? This guy, The guy wrote a book about the Wall Street bets and... Yeah. And- So you're telling me they had enough time for this event to happen, a guy to write, get published, and release a book, and then to adapt a screenplay, cast an A star, you know, star-studded cast, Mm -hmm. and then make this movie in this in two years. Book came out September of 2021. That's wild. Yeah, that's very very fast turnaround. Yeah, it is. I guess it also. touched on amc and bed bath and beyond as well in his book but that's probably where they got a lot of like maybe the the stock mama lady and everything like some of those extra tidbits maybe that was in the book maybe he did chronicle you know 
the college, like he found people who were impacted by this and interviewed yeah. them and told their story as well. And then that's how they were able to weave them into the movie. So yeah, that would make sense. That's crazy though. It seems like all these types of movies are always out based off a book. The big shorts based off a book. No, I mean that it makes sense, but for this, for how quickly it is like after the actual event to think that the event happened and then a guy started writing a book and it was released and then based on a book, like if it was just based on the event, that's a quick turnaround, let alone waiting for the guy to write and release the book and then basing on that. So the guy who wrote this actually did write the book for the social network, which was called the accidental billionaires. Fair. So the guy who wrote the dumb money book wrote the, the social network book, Ben, like I said, Ben Mesrick, he's got my dad's haircut. Um, <laughs> shit. What else has he written? Anything else that's coming to come into, Oh no, those are all fiction, nonfiction. Bitcoin billionaires, a true story of genius betrayal and redemption. 2019. This guy kind of does look like your dad. <laughs> um, something about UFOs. Once upon a time in Russia. Hmm. Seems like he just hits sex his... on the moon. Busted Vegas. The MIT whiz kid who brought the casinos to their knees. That actually kind of sounds like a pretty good book. I wonder if that's what the movie 21 is based on. Um, it doesn't say there was any, uh, adaptations so i don't know hmm. bring it no no it's adapted from a di- bringing down the house different movie never seen 21 god damn it it's written by ben Meserick. really bringing down the house the inside story of six mit students who took vegas for millions oh so he just did this twice that's what it seems like oh yeah 2002 bringing down the house and then three years later busting vegas the mit whiz kid who brought the casinos to their knees he just did the same thing yeah. He just turned his homework in twice. Yeah. I don't know if it's about a different MIT kid, but he is the inspiration for 21. This is the dream right here. I should just start writing books and then let other people make movies off of your shit. Yeah. But then still have creative say. Yeah. Visual cinematography. Um, this movie isn't, I mean, it's got a $30 million budget and it shows. It's very intimate though. It feels like, I mean, I don't want to say it feels like it's recorded with camcorders, but it does feel very intimate and it's not this big old production with multi-billion dollar freaking cameras and all this stuff all that being said there was a very stylistic thing about this movie like i already mentioned that i really liked you know i think they were trying to capture the energy of the subreddit of this movement of these people you know the the community and i thought they did that quite well i always give credit to movies when they do this and they they take this lane and they stick to it and they kind of make themselves stick out from just a traditional biopic and it Sometimes it's little things that might fly over people's heads and you might not totally realize, but then after you watch the whole movie, you're like, oh yeah, this movie kind of was just styled a little bit differently. So that gives it most of its love for the visual cinematography. It gets held back again because it's kind of intimate and it's not going to break any barriers, I think, with the cinematography and the shots and all that. I gave it a 15 out of 20. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It's intimate. It's a low-budget film, you can tell. I like how it jumps around and everything. I like the little the meme montages throughout. Yeah. That it's showing all the different shit that got posted on the subreddit and different people making videos about it because that's what this is. It was a social mm-hmm. media movement, you can say. Um, so I like how they integrated that in, but it doesn't jump out. There's no incredible, memorable shots um, from it necessarily. So I'm at a 14 out of 20. All right, Ty. Well, one thing I know you do love is ensemble casts. Mm, I do love a good ensemble cast. How much did you love it, this ensemble cast? <sighs> I think Paul Don, Dano. I, don't know, I almost said Dano. Dano? I thought it was Dano. Dano. Paul, 
Paul Dano. Paul Don. Dano. Paul D. Pauly D. Pauly D. Pretty good in the lead role. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked him as a not just a weirdo character mm-hmm. because obviously the Riddler very weird. We've done prisoners, fucking weirdo and prisoners. Um, good actor. Yeah. Now I'm gonna actually spin this on you. Not a weirdo in Fablemans, by the way. Fablemans. Not a weirdo. Not a weirdo. Loving dad. Great, great father. Continue. I'm gonna come back to it. Actually, Pete Davidson, fantastic. <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio. I liked him as the Mets guy. Didn't, <laughs> I forgot that the Mets guy was involved. Yeah. And then the, you see him first, and I'm like, Steve Cohen, that's the guy who owns the Mets. Next shot involving Steve Cohen, he's got a Mets hat on. I was like, ah, there it is. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Nick Offerman, never thought I'd see him playing an uptight billionaire. Yeah. It didn't, I don't, I'm not going to say he it didn't, didn't work. He did a bad job, yeah. But, but it's just not the kind of, he's a very riz, like grizzled, fucking mm-hmm. rugged kind of guy. To see him yeah. in a sweater vest, clean cut. <laughs> eating like you know fucking caviar yeah it was wild didn't love anthony ramos if i'm being honest i didn't like his character i said that he's the one to cut mm-hmm. i don't know his performance just kind of felt did you at least mm-hmm. laugh when he did the tiktok mm-hmm. dance at the end it's, it's a little cringe it's a little i cringe. liked it i thought it was funny i thought it was a little cringe but seth rogan i like him as a billionaire mm-hmm. uh shyly shyly shailene woodley mm-hmm. liked her as the wife sebastian sand played a fantastic just out of touch with reality dipshit. Yeah. <laughs> it was wonderful because he's just a fucking moron. Mm-hmm. Um, that guy and that performance, both in real life and then fake in this movie. Steve Gill, his dad, Mr. Krabs. Shout out that guy. That's Mr. Krabs? Yeah, that's the guy who voices Mr. Krabs. Wow. He's been doing a lot more like small roles and shit, and I'm always just like, that's Mr. Krabs. And people <laughs> are always like, is it? <laughs> Didn't no, know. I, I think that... Like, even the fucking Dane DeHaan, the GameStop manager, like, that's the guy who played fucking Green Goblin in Andrew Garfield's. Really? Um, I did not know that either. Yeah, he's, or, Hob- I don't know, he's, like, his best friend, Harry Osborn, yeah, who turns into Green Goblin. Got it. Um, Just a fucking lot of people in this movie. You didn't mention my girl, America Ferrera. I did, I skipped right past her. She was fantastic. I enjoyed her as much as anyone in this. Mm-hmm. Um, So it's just a stacked cast. I think the biggest issue for it, though, is you don't have enough time to really connect to any of them. Like, you Fair. you get Keith Gill more than anybody, and I think that's the best performance because of that. But, like, you just get a little bit of this person, a little bit of that person, and it's... You need time to expand on these characters and make me care about them. I think we get a lot of time with America Ferreira. I yes. think she gives a good performance. I think you get a lot of time with uh, Paul Nano. You, he does a good performance. Pete Davidson works in that small amount of time because he's just Pete Davidson throwing out jokes. <laughs> Yeah. So that works for me, but everyone else, I'm like, okay, you know, they didn't do bad, but I don't really care about your characters or anything like that. Yeah. So I liked what we did get out of it. I would have liked to have seen a lot more. Again, cut some stuff out, expand on it, commit to making it more of a drama with comedy, and I would have liked it more. So I'm at a 14 out of 20 for characters. Wow. Jason Reed gave an ensemble cast yeah. a higher score than Tyler Wooten. I just I didn't have time to connect with any of them. I said last week that Paul Dano, Dano, however you say his name, I'm going to continue to probably say it wrong, and it's no disrespect. Paul Dano had a big uh, thing that he could accomplish this week, and as if he turned in a good performance, he's on my like must-watch list. Yeah. Who's the last guy who made it onto your must-watch list? I don't think I've ever established one on the pod, I'll be honest. Um... Because I know... Is my, there one in 
particular you're thinking of? Jonathan Majors. Yeah, which that yeah. didn't work out very well. Yeah. I probably said that on the pod, but yeah. I don't know. They're they're rolling along with Loki. So the fact that they're just that's coming out in a week. Yeah. Which very maybe soon. we need to talk about it on the podcast, especially if movies are drying up. Yeah. Um yeah, Jonathan Majors probably the last one. Creed three and then, you know, uh Quantumania and then everything that he did with the MCU. That's yeah. probably it. It's fantastic. Anyways, Paul Dano, I think he did accomplish that because I thought his performance was great. I thought the way he visibly changed to the movie audience between when he was on stream versus when he was in his everyday life. I thought that was an obvious difference. And he kind of played two different people. And I didn't go watch the streams. I told Riley I was going to. And then I looked the guys up YouTube and it was like hour long videos. And I was like, I don't really feel like doing this. But, like, the way he was, like, nervous on stream and some of the stuff he said, I guarantee there you could probably find shot-by-shot comparisons where he's doing exactly what the real Roaring Kitty did on the stream with, yeah. like, the nervous kind of mannerisms and the not knowing how to kind of talk to a crowd on a live stream when you first start and that kind of stuff. Like, I thought he nailed that. I'm not a big fan of, like, typecasted comedic relief people. I, I'm not – I don't hate them. Are you shitting on Pete Davidson right now? Can I finish my thought? <laughs> I don't hate them. Like, I'm not saying I dislike them, but okay. Pete Davidson is the male Aquafina. He 100%. just is. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. And I think you're naturally limited with those people. In this particular case, I thought he fit perfect. I think if you're going to get someone to be the comedic relief of the Wall Street Bets Reddit movie, it's fucking Pete Davidson. I he, mean, he fits perfectly. He. The, the long form joke or the, the long payoff joke of when he is the balls. The person in the live chat that yeah. was talking shit to Paul Dano, yeah. excellent, got a huge <laughs> chuckle out of me. Fucking fantastic. Um, I think he's good throughout this, um, and anytime he's on the screen, I'm wishing to see him more. So I really liked him in this. I have a soft spot for America Ferrera because of Superstore. I will admit it. She's really, she kind of gets typecast into like struggling mom trying to find her way. I yeah. mean, Barbie. It wasn't monetarily <laughs> wise, but it was kind of like connection with her daughter, mm-hmm. Superstore. She works her way up throughout the series, and this she's you know struggling, trying to make ends not make ends meet, but kind of capitalize off this GameStop thing. I agree with you. I think Sebastian Stan was perfect, like excellent in this. I almost said perfect, but not perfect. Um, I thought he was excellent in this, and he's kind of like the small sample size through the biggest shots up. You know, I thought he was fantastic. Seth Rogen is Seth Rogen. I wasn't really blown away by his performance. I really like this. I really like this ensemble cast. I think Shailene Woodley as the wife was very good as well. I give this a 16 out of 20. Okay. You're higher than me. Driven by the Paul Dano-Pete Davidson uh, combo there. I I think I'm a Paul Dano guy. I loved him. He was really good in the Batman. I loved him in the Fablemans. So, yeah. I don't know what else you want me to say. No, I... Look, I honestly think that if you make this either A, a two-hour movie... Or B, you cut out one of the side plots and give me more Paul Dano. I'm right there with you. Because everything he does while he's on screen is fantastic. Like, it, it works well. You feel that nervousness going through the screen. And then the moments where it's like, hey, I've got 45 million fucking dollars. And that desire to be like, dude, I could just fucking cash out and be done forever. But then, like, knowing why you did this and this movement you started and that struggle for him to be like, I could cash out and walk away, or I could keep pushing. If I keep pushing, they'll keep pushing. Like, I started this, I have to see it through kind yeah. of thing. I think he does a great job of, of giving you know giving that emotion and putting that on screen. Yeah. But I just need more of him. I agree. How old do you think Paul Dano is? Oh, man, he's got a real vague face. He's got a anywhere from 23 to 45. <laughs> and that goes with my point that 
I don't know if there is an actor in Hollywood, and I'm not saying this like I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. I'm not trying to exaggerate just because we're just now watching a Paul Dano movie. I don't think there's anyone in Hollywood right now that can pull off the age difference in roles that Paul Dano can pull off. Yeah. He played a fucking like middle-aged father in Fablemans and then turns around and in this, I mean, I think the the Roaring Kitty character, I think he's in like his young 30s. Yeah. So like it's not super young, but like he seemed pretty young. And if you were to cast him as like a 20-something year old, I believe it. I mean, in the Batman, I assumed he was a little bit younger. He seemed like he was a little bit on the younger side. Um, I think he just age range. I think Paul Dano takes the cake. He's 39 years old. That's wild. Yeah. He definitely can play a lot younger, but, but he, he also, fits for 39. Yeah. yeah. He also proved he could play a middle-aged father. Yeah. Which is just like the back-to-back perform the, the three Pete performance of the Riddler, that version of the Riddler to a middle-aged father in the Fablemans to this, like that's just, he showed his range, man. And I want to go back and watch Little Miss Sunshine because I've heard fantastic things about that movie and especially him in that movie. Not yeah. sure if you've seen it. I haven't. Um, I will say, Prisoners, we were a little low on it. Well, we were told it was the better law-abiding citizen. Which so. is just not how I should go into any movie thinking. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because I, I will point out every point that it's not better than pure perfection. <laughs> yes. And that's going to hurt it. I would like to go back and watch that not with a law-abiding citizen <laughs> on the mind. Yeah, man, like you freaking you're taking the the wife out to dinner and you know you're telling her like yeah, we're going to go to freaking this five-star Italian restaurant and then it's closed for the day and you're like, "Well, I guess it's Olive Garden." Yeah. People I love Olive Garden, mm-hmm. but if I was going to go to freaking Denorfio's, I'm just going to use that last name cuz nice. he's in this movie, yeah. and it's closed, I'm going to be a little pissed about my Olive Garden. Yeah. You're going to be staring at that breadstick like this stupid fucking breadstick. <laughs> but if we just show up and like, hey, you guys want to go to Olive Garden? You're like, fuck yeah, I can't wait for breadsticks. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, we need to do a law-abiding citizen cleanse yeah. and then watch Prisoners again yeah. and see how it holds up. I think it could be good. I really do. Enjoyment. I, um, I had a lot of fun in this movie. It was a good watch. I would watch it again. I think it's rec- it's you could recommend it to really anyone. I, I even think my parents would enjoy this movie. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's blown anything away, but that's not what enjoyment is. I'm not. I shouldn't even weigh how good it is to that. It was a fun watch, an easy watch, a lighthearted watch. Uh, and I loved my movie theater experience. I gave it a 15 out of 20. Yeah. I I left it like thoroughly. I was happy with what I got. Yeah. Like, I, I was not disappointed. I would recommend this movie to people, whether they go to the theaters or when it goes on streaming. Like, watch it. It's interesting mm-hmm. to see this event and see what happened and how they kind of fucked over at least one billionaire. The yeah. less billionaires, the better the world is. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, I think it was fun to watch. I think it's an enjoyable watch. It's easy to process and comprehend what's going on and, and digest maybe some of the bigger stock market e type shit yeah uh, it does it very much like simplifies it and it's just like look don't worry about all the technical shit this is what it is it's him betting against it yeah if we buy more of it he's fucked yeah and that's kind of all there is to it um so it works I'm, I'm at a 16 out of 20 I, I had a good time with this movie i will recommend it to people it's you know not my favorite movie ever it's not the fucking best thing i've ever watched but pretty fucking fun I don't know if I've made this point on the podcast. I feel like I'm repeating myself, but I'm going to make it anyways. I've learned this year specifically. I think this is a 2023 realization that movies based in reality that are like about something that happened 
maybe isn't my favorite genre, but is like up there with a lot of the movies I really like. Like I consistently like movies in this realm. I liked this movie, Oppenheimer, obviously. Come on. It's fucking Oppenheimer. Come on. Um, Air is another one, yeah. you know. Uh, even Fablemans is about Steven Spielberg's, you know, upbringing and his mm-hmm. life. And, you know, so I, I think I've realized that these these biographical dramas, whatever you want to call them, like, I like them. And if you're going to make it good, I really liked The Big Short. Like, if you're going to make them good, I'm going to enjoy them. And... That's just the way it is. Yeah, because I think that when you're watching something, for example, last week we watched a haunting in Venice. Yeah. My real life brain was like, he's not getting fucking haunted. Like, it's got to yeah. be something. He's hallucinating. He's seeing this shit. Mm-hmm. And so I always try and relate it to like real life. So if you're watching a fake movie, you're not going to you're going to think of, you know, well, this is fake. So whatever. Mm-hmm. When you're watching something that actually transpired, events that actually happened, I feel like it has that built in like, oh, shit factor when something happens. Yeah. Because you're like, that really fucking happened. Like, it's not something fake that really fucking happened. And I think it helps you connect to better movies better. And there's some wild, true events out there mm-hmm. that if you tell that story and obviously play it up a little bit for fucking Hollywood, everyone's going to do it. Yeah. You can tell fantastic, incredible stories that people connect to. So I'm with you. I think a very a well-done biopic is fantastic like i said the social network it's one of the best movies i've ever seen it's fantastic i need to watch it if i'm talking about how much i like these but even some more examples just looking at our scale wolf of wall street fantastic based on a true story um 1917 wonderful incredible uh there's another one i just saw right here where'd it go slumdog millionaire great movie very good and even the ones that aren't necessarily true when they're i feel i i maybe i'm not as much of a super no i love superheroes let's not get get it wrong but even the ones that aren't true per se, but the ones that are based in that reality where it's like, this could be a true story. I've also loved like Django. I don't think Django. I'm pretty sure Tarantino just wrote that, yeah. you know, but that is something that very well could have happened, you know, in 1890s or yeah. whenever the hell Django takes place. A star is born. That, very I was going to say situation. that one. Yeah. yeah. Marriage story. Yeah. Like <laughs> everyone knows a freaking divorced couple. Um, <laughs> Jojo Rabbit. That's not any true story. Well, I mean, obviously. Did he have an imaginary Hitler friend? (laughs) Is that real? So, I'm just... Hamilton. No, that's That's... fake as fuck. I don't know. I'm just realizing, and that makes me more excited for Killers of the Flower Moon, which just had a new trailer drop this week. And I still don't really know what it's about after watching the trailer, and I'm fine with it. If I had to... Because I'm kind of with you, but it looks like... Riley read me the synopsis, so I kind of know now, but... Flower Moon is going to be like the Indian tribe, whatever person from it. Native it's American. the people who I'm, I'm, I'm uh, one eighth. I'm allowed to say it. <laughs> um, don't tell me how to use my word. Okay. <laughs> um, it, it, I think it's someone who's going after them and killing them. Yeah. And then it's saying, Hey, fuck you guys. I'm going to kill you. So from what I understand, it's about like, it's almost like the birth of the FBI. Like this is when the FBI first started and this native American tribe is like on this land. That's a bunch of oil. And there's like a conspiracy that's hatched where they are trying to like kind of kill everyone in the tribe, you know, that way they can get the money and not pay them and all that stuff. Um, 97% Rotten Tomatoes. I'm very excited for it. Ty, I also would like to say the heart of that movie, totally off track here, but the heart of that movie is Leonardo DiCaprio and his native American wife. Um, can we dress up and I'll be Leonardo DiCaprio and you can be the Native American wife? That you feels know? problematic, Jay. <laughs> I'm only one eighth, dog. I'm not like a half. <laughs> You're gonna still get me in trouble. 
What was your final score for uh, uh dumb money? <laughs> I finished with a 74 out of 100. Oh, and Jesse Plemons isn't it your guy? Oh, give me your score real quick. 73 out of 100. Which before you I know the point you're about to make. Um this is exactly where I thought when me and Riley left the theater, I always give her like a guess of where my scale is going to end up. And I never tailor my, my scores to that. You know, I just, I, I, whatever I told her 74 and I ended up at a 73 and I looked at the rotten tomatoes and it's like 88% or something, 85, 87 audience. And I've said this on the podcast before. This is one of those movies. It's not as good as every other 85, but it's one of those movies where 85% of the people, it's hard to find someone that won't like this movie. So while it's a 73.5 on our collective scale, that's still within the lines. It would get a fresh rating. Why are you just taking my shit, dog? I did steal your bit, Ty. But it's not the same as like an 85 or, a, you know, you get what I'm saying. It's a very consistent. I think a lot of people would give it this above average score. Yeah. It's it's very hard to find someone who's going to say no to this. Yeah. What I was getting at, Jay, is it gives us a combined score of 73.5 out of 100, making this the 92nd movie. <laughs> Out of 199 films we've reviewed, next week's 100 or 200. That's a big week. It is. Uh, Dumb Money tied with the movie Major League above the Northmen, the Super Mario Brothers, just below Dune, No Time to Die, John Wick Chapter 4. I don't really know what to compare this to in this range. Yeah, nothing really kind of. Devil All the Time is a few points higher than it. Gump. Forest, down King of Staten Island. Or... There's your comparison. <laughs> they both have Pete Davidson. They both have Pete Davidson. That was what you were going to say, though, that where it ranked. I thought you were going to say something else because I brought up Jesse Plemons. I was. I was going to oh. finish that so Sorry. I could say. <laughs> I'm just totally stepping all over your toes here. That I finally watched Game Night. What'd you think? Pretty funny. I don't know if it's Horrible Boss is funny. <sighs> it's so good. I had a good time with it, though. I enjoyed it. The Jesse Plemons, the fake murder mystery being... Be, a spoiler alert for the game movie Game Night. The fake murder mystery being sabotaged, turning into a real murder mystery, ending up being a fake murder mystery, and then Jesse Plemons getting shot in the fucking chest and it being a real murder. Wild. It takes you on an emotional it journey. It does. Yeah, it really does. Weird fucking dude in that movie, though. Just the creepiest motherfucker you have ever met throughout most of the movie. The first twist, it's been a while since I've seen it, but the first twist where he's pretend dying and he's chewing on the blood capsule right doesn't he do like once where he pretend gets shot Mm -hmm. and then he's like he you know reveals that he didn't like actually got me like we were watching i was like what like i when you get a twist when you execute a twist that i don't see coming at all and it was there was like four of them in that movie very good i haven't like sat down and really thought if it makes sense (laughs) because then like he does that and he's like don't ever not invite me to a game night again yeah and he's like you know, they're like, wait, you did all this? And he's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? And then get shot. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how, like, what he had a part in, what he didn't. Fun watch, though. Good time. Great movie. The one guy I feel like really looks like me in it. The one I've told you about. <laughs> I going to make kid. a joke. I'm not, not going to make the joke. That every white guy looks like me? No, no. Was, uh... That I look like Jesse Plemons? No, I thought you oh. were talking about the black dude. <laughs> <laughs> Because they were they were my favorite part. I don't know which guy you thought looks like you. Jason Bateman? No. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Bateman doesn't look like you. No. Billy Magnuson. We've talked about this. He's in the Joe Burrow, Jason Reed, uh, Skarsgård family tree. He doesn't look exactly like me, but he's in the family tree. Have we watched things with Billy Magnuson in it before? I've we, I brought him up. He was in something we were, he was in. No Time to Die? Don't remember we, He's definitely come up on the podcast because I made the point. That he kind of looks like me. Many Saints in Newark? 
That's probably what it was. Hmm. I don't remember. I didn't realize that was that guy. Yeah, he kind of does look like you. Thank you. Just a little bit. Dumbest thing, things money can buy draft. Ty, you went for, I went first overall last time, so you get the first overall pick. I got some bangers here. You weren't prepared, it sounds like. Mm. And uh, Now, I will also say that I, I wrote it down as dumbest things to spend money on draft. Is that different than the dumbest thing money's can, money's, the The dumbest things money can buy? I feel like that's just, I feel like it's, we're saying the same thing. Okay. Money so, can I'm fine with that. Draft. Yeah, I, I, you gave me the idea. I thought it was a wonderful idea. I then forgot about the idea, but <laughs> I did, uh, I did create a draft and I feel like if there is a first overall pick, the dumbest thing money can buy, the dumbest thing to spend your money on mm-hmm. sex. Oh, your sex shaming, your sex work shaming, uh, for people who spend money and do it illegally. Yeah. What about if it's in just Vegas? Go to, just go to a bar. Legal. Just go to a bar. There's like one spot where it's legal. There, it's okay to spend your money on it, I guess. Or Amsterdam. Or, Am- or Amsterdam. That was a big, big emphasis in your vacation draft. That place was the re- fact that it was legal there. That place isn't a real place, though. <laughs> First thing that came to my mind is like people are spending money on sex. Like just, just go like talk to a person. That's easy for us to say as a, a married man and an yeah. engaged man. But, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm not going to shame anyone for having to spend. I will. A little something, something. I will. Don't right. spend money on sex. Unless it's in a spot where it's legal in Vegas and Amsterdam. <laughs> I think it's legal in all of Nevada. No, not true at all. Just a complete fucking lie. Hmm. Well, I was a guess. It's not a lie if it was a guess. I said I think. I wasn't. Well, you thought wrong. You're so wrong. <laughs> My number one overall pick, Ty, is um, everything related to golf. Mm, yeah. uh, golf's been bad to me here recently Just the last few rounds I've played have all gone to shit Haven't beat my dad in the but last can three you, rounds Can you tell the audience what you shot today? Uh, 102 Disgusting um, Which is Disgusting Anyways I'm embarrassed for you that you had to say that Same guy who broke 80 Three months ago shot a 102 yeah. I don't know how it happened It's incredible Everything golf Just me and golf are not in a good place right now I thought about selling my clubs I thought about retiring forever Maybe taking up a cheaper cheaper hobby I mean, you pay freaking $35 a round. Well, I usually get better deals than that. Um, I have a funny an- antidote. A- anecdote? However anecdote? you say that word. On top of that, after this. You spend a lot of money. You spend freaking... I bought my clubs used for like $350. Brand new, they're like freaking $1,200. Your rounds are like $35 a piece. Your balls are freaking $50 for 12 balls. Everything is expensive. This, the clothing is expensive, unless you get it from like Burlington or something. Just nothing about golf is cheap, and all it does is... It's meant to be like this stress reliever and like this escape. Mm-hmm. I've only ever seen mad people on the golf course. Mm-hmm. This there's like real energy coming out of me right now. Yeah, you're I wasn't you're really upset with yourself. I just like it's like fuck. This thing is supposed to be like my thing away from work and like I you know get out of the house and all this stuff. And then all I do is get mad while I do it. I'm like, why do I play this game? And then I hit one good shot and I just come right back to it. That's why. That's why you play that game. <laughs> Every I time. think if you didn't suck, golf would be a lot of fun. But here recently, you just suck at golf, so. I think if I was just one or the other. Yeah. If I was either really good or I was just always really bad. Because I'm, then I would have expectations and I would just always yeah. meet them. If you go up to the plate in baseball and you strike out every time, you're going to say baseball is the stupidest fucking sport ever. All right. Let, you're, you're treating me like I'm a 120 golfer like you, Ty. I, I mean, you might be after today. Seems like you're headed that direction. Funny a- antidote. Uh, someone we know, buddy, 
went golfing in like Palm Springs or something Sunday, business stuff, whatever. And he's like, oh, yeah, my he hit me up. He wanted to go to this course because, of course, he said he had like a great hookup at it, blah, blah, blah. It's a nice Palm Springs course. He goes golfing. I asked him about it today. Like, so what was the hookup? He's like, oh, he just got it on like uh, teedup.com for cheaper than the regular price. <laughs> I'm like, that's not a hookup. That's just that's a publicly available, available coupon. That's what I do every single time we golf is I go on Supreme Golf and just get the hot deals. Like, that's not that's a hookup. That's fucking great. So I just loved I vi- loved the visualization of this guy telling Buddy, like, yeah, I got this hookup at this really nice course. And he, he did get a good deal, but it yeah. was still pretty funny. That's fucking great. That's, but, I, I was thinking about golfing today because I was off of work. Uh-huh. And uh, – that's immediately what I did as I just downloaded one of those apps and I was looking. I didn't end up going, but that's not a hookup. No, not at all. <laughs> so that's fucking great. What's your second overall pick, Ty? <sighs> With my second pick, Jason, uh, let's see here. Oh, these aren't real. Are these real? Yeah, these are real. Um, So my thought process here is like just things that are not worth the value of what you're spending money on. Okay. The fucking Supreme t-shirts and stickers. Oh, okay. And just dumb shit that just says Supreme. And they sell it for like 200 plus fucking dollars for those shirts in it. It's just a fucking shirt. Mm-hmm. It's a look how mm-hmm. cool I am. I spent so much money on this t-shirt shirt. Yeah. I fucking hate I saw a guy on a car and he had like a Supreme sticker just on his bumper. Not even like fucking straight or anything. Like he just slapped it on. But not like crooked enough to where it was like I don't care. Like he was trying to, but he didn't take his time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why Why would you spend that much fucking money on a stupid sticker like that? I don't know. I and it's just like, a, look at me, I wasted money on a sticker. Look at me, I wasted money on a t-shirt. That's fair. No, I yeah. agree. I've never been into the... I mean, we both wear name brand stuff, but yeah, never like searching for this expensive white t-shirt that just has a red rectangle and Supreme on why? it. Why? You could probably just get a fake made that looks 95% of the real thing. People will never know. I mean, they might know, but at least with like sneakers too, it's like, I don't know. Sneakers have practical use and like some of them look different and they're rare and you could resell them. I guess you could resell Supreme stuff. So that's like some of the reason maybe you would do it, but is it like a pyramid? Is it like NFTs? Uh, Like everyone just buys Supreme stuff and then sells it to someone else for more. And then they sell it to someone else for more. And then they sell it to someone else for more. And then someone's just eventually stuck with it. And that's the guy with the Supreme sticker on his bumper. Yeah. I'm guessing. I don't know. Because I, I was thinking about that shoe, like like shoes. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know. I'll spend a decent little bit of money on shoes. It's because I like having nice shoes. They're comfy. You wear them, like, yeah. it's not like this is a $200 worth of fucking, it's not like your body feels incredible wearing this T-shirt. This is a regular-ass fucking T-shirt. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> look at this. Stock yeah. X right now. 180 160 for that white fucking T-shirt that just yeah. has a tiny little Supreme thing on the front. So if I get you a Supreme shirt for Christmas, how you feeling? I'll wear it, but I thought, I'll think it was a waste of money for you. <laughs> I would never spend my money on it, which is the point of the draft. <laughs> my second overall pick, Ty. Very niche pick. I don't think you'll have it on your board, but I just want to take it now because I really don't understand it. Liquid death water. Oh. Liquid death water has exploded in recent yeah. weeks. Very popular. And look, they have a good mission. They're trying to save the environment. They're trying to cut down on plastic. All that stuff. Like, I'm all for it. Like, good, good on you, liquid death. But, like, people buying this branded, like, water that just looks like beer. And it is sparkling, so at least, like, it's a little bit different. But it's, like, you're spending so much extra on this liquid death than just getting a freaking water bottle. Hmm. And, yes, I know it's better because the cans and the plastics. But, honestly, the way I look at it, and this is kind of bad by me, and I'm 
climate change scares the hell out of me and i'm very happy about the the you know i I try to do my part as much as i can with the climate that water bottle is already made that liquid death is already made (laughs) me buying that one water bottle doesn't change anything it was already made i'm not out there making it Hmm. now you're creating the supply for it to which they match the demand yes and in theory if everyone thinks my way that's what allows water bottles and everything and yeah everyone does think that way but until everyone else starts changing i'm not changing and maybe everyone else is changing with liquid death but i just don't get it yeah i more so think of the fact that our carbon footprint is like a fucking fraction of like the billionaires with their private jets how about taylor swift yeah flying her private jet over to kansas city for a football game every podcast had to bring it up this week we ours. almost we almost got away with it, <laughs> and I was thinking about that too, about saying how we need to talk about it. But just superstar singer, douchey football player who's actually pretty funny. Twelve pack, twelve bucks for an eight pack of water. That's very expensive water. Not even sparkling. That's now, just the regular water. Now, does this expand? Like, what are your thoughts on like Fiji water? Smart also water. a waste of money. Smart water. Also a waste of money. What's your go to water? I then? think just any water. That's more expensive than other waters is a waste of money. The only exception for me is flavored sparkling water because there's actually something tangibly different. Now, I'm very against that this water brand tastes worse than the other water brand. You'll drink Arrowhead and not like. So my theory on this, and I'm pretty sure this is like scientifically factual, is it's the different plastics probably have a very slightly different smell residue or whatever. And I don't think you're tasting it because. Uh, they have those new water bottles where it's just the scent cup and you, you drink it and it's the freaking scent of oranges and it's supposed to make your water taste like it's slightly flavored with orange. You haven't seen these? No. Yeah, it's like the the circle bottles, but it's just scent. It's not even like a real thing that goes in it? Yeah, no, it's just scent. You just smell it as you drink it. So I think it's just the, the plastic smells different and that's what our brain's interpreting. I think if you pull, pour them all out in cups, they're all identical. As someone who I currently at work get stocked up with Kirkland water bottles i think or kirkland similar uh water bottles and at my last job they used to go real cheap with arrowhead there's a fucking difference I, there's a difference arrowhead is the nastiest shit ever and it may be the plastic it may be a smell i don't know but all i know is when i drink arrowhead it does not it does not refresh me the same way that anything else does <laughs> well kirkland's financially kirkland's a smarter decision anyways yeah which Buy doesn't make any sense but <laughs> i don't know I just know that there is, like, if Arrowhead's cheaper and I got to pay, I'll pay a little bit more for, I don't know, give me another one. What? No, Dasani has its own weird taste. Aquafina. Aquafina. I'll pay more for Aquafina. Yeah, but, like, all these fancy waters. I guess my pick is fancy water. Will you allow me to just take fancy water? Yeah, absolutely. Like, freaking Jaden Smith's box water. I ain't paying for your box water, Jaden Smith. box water? Yeah, like water in a freaking box for the environment. Great. I'm glad you're doing your part to help the environment while your people in your social circles fly around the globe and leave massive carbon footprints. And then you try to push the climate change onto us, the consumers, like it's our fault. Oh, you're getting me going, Ty. Yeah. No, I love this. <laughs> I hope that by your fifth pick, you just have a full on like fucking stroke about how worked up you are about, about this stuff. <laughs> um, this is, yeah, this is boxed water. It's $22. Ridiculous. Oh my god, that's fifty dollars! No, I was looking at the wrong thing. That's fifty dollars. Ridiculous. I'll say it, just straight up ridiculous. I agree with that, Jay. My next pick, uh, dumbest thing that I I actively spend money on this all the time, and like if I actually sit down, it really pisses me off when I'm thinking about it. Why are you giving me that look? Do you think I'm gonna steal something off your board? Maybe we'll see. Oh man, okay. Now that I know that there's something close enough to steal, this isn't it. I know. I'm not gonna say anything about this one. 
I'm gonna say it's uh it's soda and food from the movie theater every week for this pod. Oh, that wasn't what was on my okay. Fuck. You think that's a waste? Now look, popcorn. I don't mind spending money on popcorn, mm-hmm. but I just got done complaining about how not good the fucking the hot dog was that I ate. Why? And how you, I was pissed off about soda. the soda. Because I need something to drink and I need just something sneak to one eat. in. That's what I'm saying. I should do that, but instead I waste my money on the concession stand okay, every fair. week at movies. I I rarely get a drink of the soda at yeah. the movies. Sometimes I get a water bottle, but I mean if you have a Coke freestyle machine, that's a guarantee that I'll get a drink. Don't get it twisted. Hot dogs, very rare occurrence for me. I've snuck in freaking leftover spaghetti in a Tupperware in the movie that's theater to avoid eating a hot dog. Fucking wild. <laughs> I I don't get that at all. Um but movie theater hot dogs are so bad. Yeah, well, that's the thing, though. Civic Plaza's hot dog, like, it ain't bad. It's okay. <laughs> but if I go anywhere else, it's usually the food's just shit. Yeah. And I get off work, and I'm like, I could go get real food and eat it or, like, sneak it in. Mm-hmm. But then I just get there, and I waste my money on way over pre- I guess this kind of includes, like, paying for food at, like, sporting events and everything. Yeah. It's just, like, any any overpriced food that isn't, like, of that quality. Yeah. It's a really stupid thing to spend your money on. I agree. I mean, Dodger dogs aren't good, and I still buy them. Yeah, they're actively gross when it's when it was the free ones. It's like boiled hot dog. <laughs> I ate seven of them. Yeah, <laughs> I ate a lot of those fucking hot dogs. Well, they Dodger Stadium knows they're kind of gross now, and they uh, well, <laughs> and that's another thing is Dodgers actually changed to Farmer John or changed from Farmer John or something like two years ago, and everyone was outraged. Mm-hmm. I was like, guys, have we been eating the same Dodger dogs? Like, this is probably gonna make them better. And they actually have been better since I've gone. Granted, I paid the extra do- dollar to get like the all beef one or whatever it is. You know, they it's like seven fifty instead of six fifty. But before whatever they had going on were not good. And it's weird too because Smart and Final used to sell the Farmer John Dodger dogs frozen that you could get, and they tasted so much better at home. Yeah. Than at the stadium, it's just mass produced. Yeah, they food sit like in those. that. The Quakes when they have Dollar Hot Dog Night back in the day. Should you, you bleep out the name? Huh? Is this going to get them in trouble? Well, no. I'm just saying they mass produce it. Yeah. So when you mass produce something, it's, you know, not great. And these instances, I was getting the leftovers as the Bat Boy. So this was not what they were selling to the public. This was after a whole nine-inning game. This most disgusting hot dog I've ever had in my life. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I ate, like, four of them one night. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the sad part is I can't turn down a glizzy. <laughs> Again, I get it all the time when I go to the movie theaters. They're not good, but I still get them. <laughs> My third overall pick. I'm just going to stay on the food train. Okay. Just because we're already here. Buying two medium pizzas instead of one large pizza. Oh, it's been proven God. mathematically that there is more area to a one large pizza yeah. than two medium pizzas. The exact difference. 254 square inches versus 226 square inches. You're getting a 10 plus percent increase. Mm. For one large, and it's most times cheaper. Sometimes it is better. Like if a place has a buy one, get one free medium pizza, you know, or something like that. Yeah. It is better. Or I get it. Yes, you want to change up your toppings and everything, but just do a little half and half action. Yeah. One large is better than two mediums every single time. Don't let these pizza places fool you. I don't know. I don't remember if this was like a like a family dinner kind of night or if I was at work because I know I, we had pizza recently at like I had pizza at both occasions. I had to explain this to somebody. No, it was at work because I have a older coworker who I work with mm-hmm. and she was not understanding. <laughs> and she was like, well, how many slices come? And I was like, it's still eight slices, but they're bigger slices. And yeah. I, had to, I had to break that down. And 
I will say, so the traditional large to medium, it's true. But I guess Domino's is ahead of the curve. This is according to Reddit. I haven't fact-checked this. But according to Reddit, user deleted. Um, the large is only 14 inches instead of 16 inches or whatever a large normally is. So it actually is better to get the two mediums. But if you're at a traditional place where a large is what? 16 or 8. A large traditionally should be 18 inches and medium should be 12 inches. If that is the, the situation you find yourself in, get the large. If you're at a smart... Uh, pizza chain that's figured this out and knows people have hacked the system and they make their large pizzas smaller than they should be then yes get the mediums tangent over i'm seeing conflicting reports here i think if you just do the math one 18 inch circle has better bigger no about dominoes oh got it i'm seeing conflicting reports of 14 or 16 well dominoes website says that's 16 inch mm. do we need to order dominoes pizzas pizza. next week and measure them <laughs> I'm down. We can do this for the people. I'll make that sacrifice. <laughs> I got Domino's like, I don't know, a month ago. Haven't had it in years. And it was so good. It's the best. It was so good. It's my favorite pizza out of everything. And yeah. then you get the Parmesan bread bites that go oh, with it. So good. It's undefeated. It's so fucking delicious. I used to say Papa John's, but Domino's is best, man. Best chain pizza by far. Yeah. It's so good. So good leftover, too. I eat cold pizza. I don't. The best you're not a, Are you a cold pizza guy? Absolutely. I, I usually warm it up, but I'll have it. I've got to be in the mood for cold, but it's really good when I'm in the mood for cold. Do you like onions? No. Oh, I do. I do a bacon onion pizza. The best leftover cold breakfast pizza. I almost would like prefer to get it, refrigerate it, and just eat it the next day cold because it's almost better cold. Okay. Yeah, that's how good it is. I don't. I don't agree with that at all. But <laughs> I like a good fresh pie. <laughs> that's a fucking choice, though. What's your fourth pick? My fourth pick, Jay. I should have just taken this last pick, but because uh, I, I threw it out there, and I, this is one that you would have potentially well, as well. Well, I saved you because I also went with a food pick, so you're welcome. Um, my choice here is online processing fees for tickets for sporting events, <laughs> Another... movie theaters. All right. Any of that. Another podcast-related thing. Yeah, because, again, do this every week. I order on Fandango. Very rare. Again, we went to this movie. There was... 40 empty fucking seats in the theater when I got there Just and I paid the an extra like get there. Well, I should, but I spend my money on this dumb shit <laughs> and I always pay the processing fees. Ticketmaster. Oh yeah. We booked with Airbnb this week. You got to always click through everything to see what the final price is. Cause it's yep. stupid fucking added fees. Yep. All those dumb added fees. I spent so much money on them throughout the course of my life that I probably don't even realize. Yeah. That's the worst part is you don't even realize how hard they're hitting you. And they just, they, I know Riley always gets like the $5 off Fandango coupons. Yeah. And I'm always like, that's just paying for your processing fee. Like they're not really giving you that much money back. Yeah. Which like, why is that a thing? Why is there a processing fee? Because that's how Fandango makes the money because the ticket sale money goes to the theater. But like if I'm Fandango, just cut a contract with the theater chains and then Honestly, like this would be smart for like Cinemark or something. They push your Cinemark theaters instead of other ones. Yeah. And you just get, you know, 1% of ticket sales through Cinemark. I, That'd I make more know. sense. Why charge me more? Fuck, fuck you. Because <laughs> that's the easiest solution, Ty. Yeah, it is. It's just charge the consumer more. My fourth overall pick. This was something I thought you were going to pick because you said you spend a lot of money on it. And if you were to really tally it up, um, you might be a little disgusted. And uh, it's kind of a shot at you. <laughs> Not just you, but other people in our lives. I'd be offended here. Nicotine products. Oh, brother! <laughs> Don't get me fucking started. I think I'm gonna go buy two vapes after I'm done recording the pod right now. It'll be like forty to fifty dollars. 
just the dumbest if i'm talking to thinking about the dumbest things money can buy i think of something that's very expensive that's also bad for your health <laughs> like fair you're no, that's fair you're spending your own money to slowly hurt your body yeah no you're 100 percent right but my counterpoint to that is look this might r-rated this part of the pod you get done doing the dirty let's say okay you finish you get out of bed you just had to work out there's nothing better than that post sec fucking rip from the vape. There's nothing better. You're just standing there. Maybe you don't have any clothes on, and you're just fucking hitting a blinker on the vape. You're so happening to be looking out a window that's about eye height. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, I've seen I've seen your blow window. Oh yeah, no, it's perfect. <laughs> that's, that's exactly where I would do it. Every vapor has a blow window. Yeah, that's my go-to. And I mean, there's just there's nothing better. I. I would disagree. <laughs> no, I know. I'm going to disagree with you disagreeing. There's nothing better. It's fucking fantastic, man. You were doing so strong quitting vape. You were so yeah. proud of yourself. You wanted to quit. Can I? You did I tell you how I started vaping again? No. So Vic- I quit. Victoria was trying to quit. You were kind of forced to quit. I was very sick. So I, <laughs> yeah. I quit. Yeah. And then I stayed with it, though. You did. Victoria was trying to quit. She was cutting back, but her vape died. We're like, all right, let's get one more. And I'll stop. So yep. I go to the store, I go and buy the vape. The guy at the counter said, last time we, backstory, last time we bought a vape, we took it home, was fucked up, never turned off, it just burnt out, wasted mm-hmm. money. Guy behind the counter goes, do you want to try it before you leave, just to make sure it works? I gotta fucking try it. <laughs> so I hit one, and uh-huh. I was like, wow, this is fucking good. <laughs> Jeez. Hit it a couple more times on the car ride home. Come back, I'm like, alright, I'm only gonna do it when I'm at the house. So when I'm at work, I'm not gonna be vaping. Mm-hmm. I think like two days in, I just I just went and bought one and started taking oh, it with me to geez. work, and I was just right back in. It's the most addictive thing ever, but it's because it's yeah. so good. Nicotine very so addictive. My 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 opinion on this is that it's not actually addictive; it's just really fucking good. Mm. Well, that makes it addictive. No, well, yeah, but it's not like I I didn't have withdrawals when I was sick and I didn't have it. But it is, like, so good that it's all I can think about sometimes. <laughs> oh that's not, like, the addictive feature. It's just that good. It's so good that sometimes that's all you can think about. Yeah. But it's not addictive. No. It's just that good. <laughs> what does it even feel like? I don't know. It's so relaxing. <laughs> oh, man. It's I'll wonderful. never get it. I'll never get it. Yeah, don't start because you'll understand how good it is. I imagine this is probably the same argument, like, heroin users have, too, though. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I'll give you. I'll give you this. Vapes aren't as bad as heroin. It could be worse. It could. It could be much worse. <laughs> What's that? That's a great pick, though. I spent a lot of money on that. Yeah. We barely even discussed your pick. I was just going on my <laughs> rant thing, but that is a good pick. I got you involved. That's all I cared about. Yeah. You think alcohol falls under that umbrella? I do. Yeah. But it's not good for you. But I mostly went nicotine just because that related more to you, and I thought it'd be funnier. Yeah. Um, am I on my fifth pick? Yeah, last pick. Last pick here, Jay. This one, I know you agree with me on this one because you, you, I mean, I'll explain after, but new one just came out this week. Everyone's talking about Mm. it. Mm -hmm. It's buying the newest fucking iPhone every time an iPhone comes out. Okay. It's just the biggest. I thought you were going somewhere else with this, but continue. I don't know what else came out this week. I think FIFA comes out this week, so oh. I think you were going to say like Madden, sports FIFA, games, Call of Duty, MLB the Show. They're all it's all the same shit mostly usually, yeah. especially Call of Duty. Yeah. Um. No, it's the new iPhone. They just released the new iPhone. I know you had a fucking button on your iPhone last year. I just got this like three months ago. No yeah. button. Yeah. And I mean that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. 
You don't need the new iPhone. They're all the same. It's the same shit. Every time I get a new phone, I get excited about how cool and new it is. And then I realize it's the exact same thing. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, in previous times, the main reason to do it is because your battery dies so quick in the battery yeah. life. But now you can actually just get your battery replaced by Apple yeah. for like 100 bucks. Literally the only thing that I've ever noticed actually get upgraded is the camera. Yeah. And it's like, I'm, I'm not a photographer. What the fuck do I need a better camera for? Yeah. You're not wrong, Ty. That's the only thing that changes. I'm an old, better processor, better screen, less... It's the same shit. Well, then they put different charging ports on the new ones, and they're they're gonna they slow it down. Remember, they got in trouble because iOS was like purposely slowing yeah. down the they older got phones. Sued. They got and, super sued for that. Um, they'll get us. I mean, I got a 14, I think. I'll probably get like the 18. I don't know. Yeah. Eventually, like a year after it comes out, T-Mobile will give me some deal where it's sixty dollars down, and I only have to pay like ten extra dollars a month, and I'm gonna say, oh, that's not bad. Yeah. I just finished paying off my car. I don't have a car payment anymore, and that's exactly how I got this phone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. I will upgrade my phone eventually, but it's a giant waste of money. Yeah. Because they trick you into thinking it's all these cool new features, and then you get it. It's the same. It's Maybe the you should same downgrade. Thing. Go against the system. Oh, fuck yeah. Be like, no, I'm actually trading this in for an iPhone 9. Yeah, I'm running it back. Give me the X. <laughs> all this being said, I do remember when you got your X, you were talking it up big time. That was the coolest fucking phone ever, though. That was like an actual jump in technology. That's when they got rid of the home button. You were like... Yeah. Jay, you need to get this. And I'm like, dude, I'm I'm fine. I got at the time I probably had like a six. You're like, no, you need it. No, I think I was in high school at the time. And high school or just graduated high school? One of the two. But yeah, we were at I remember specifically we were at your grandma Pam's at freaking Christmas. And you and Victoria were both like, It's so amazing, Jay. Yeah. You gotta get it. And I was like, No, like I'm good. I was sick though. It was so fucking cool. <laughs> Ever since then it's just been all the same shit. My fifth and final pick, I have uh, one honorable mention. That is 91 gasoline unless your car actually needs it. I think you get better gas mileage on that. I think it's probably actually worth it. I don't know if that's like scientifically proven, um, but gas is very expensive right now and it's pissing me off. So 91 gasoline was fresh on the mind because I can't $6 right now where we live. Unbelievable. $60 fill my tank. I just took a road trip across the country and filled up in some states for 20 Granted, Some of those states were like Alabama. It didn't seem very pleasant to live there, but still, yeah, it was like fucking two thirty. That's wild. My fifth and final pick, Ty. Betting the Los Angeles Dodgers win total under. Mm. Um, Did you guys hit it yet? Every year, people are like, this is the year the Dodgers are going to fall off. Mm. 102 wins. Last year, I'm talking, that's too many. This year, they're going to step back. 96 and a half wins. There's no way they win 97 games. I'm so confident in it. I might even make a bet with my best friend. There's no chance your team is finishing with 97 or better wins, Jay. That is the wise words of someone I know. And what do you know? As we stand, September 27th, 2023, with, I believe, five more games to play, the Dodgers have 97 wins. Yeah, you guys did hit it. Now, I will say, I saw a hot take the other day that the Dodgers actually haven't been that good all these years. You guys just have played in one of the least competitive divisions in baseball. Shut your fucking mouth. And I got to agree with it. It's like you guys have competitors. What? But the bottom, you have the worst team in fucking the Bro, National the League in your division. Like 108 games two years ago, and we came in second with 107 yeah. wins. I think all the other NL divisions are way more competitive. You got a 100-game loser. The Central is more competitive? More competitive. No, the only evenly, reason... Evenly, it doesn't look like it oh. from the win total because there's three of them with 80 wins. Ty, the reason there's a team that has that many losses in the NL West is because there's dominant teams at the top of it that just beat up on that team. The reason there's dominant teams at the top of no. it with so many wins no. is because they beat up on the bad team. Not a chance. This uh, is the dumbest take you've ever had. 57 and 100 Rockies? 
This is the dumbest take you've ever had. Just throwing it out there. Dumb. You take. look like you're a better team because you beat up on the bad team. Dumb take. It wasn't my. I. I. I mean, if you're gonna say that to the person that I read it from, okay. Dumb take. Not my take. I'm just reiterating a take that I saw. Well, it's a dumb take. <laughs> All right. Well, the American League West sucks ass then because the Athletics have only won 48 games. Yeah, they're just dog shit. Even though there's three teams with 80 wins in that division. More competitive. Evenly bunched. <laughs> if it the, wasn't as competitive, the Rangers would have 97 bro, wins. Bro, the West might finish with four teams with 80 wins, depending how the Padres and the Giants finish. Maybe. We're just so far ahead of them. Potentially. Potentially not. Oh, my gosh. This is ridiculous. Anyways, you do owe me $20. Uh, yeah, I do. You don't owe that anytime soon, but I just wanted to remind right you. Now. No, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I you guys was, did it. I was saving this. As soon as I came up with the idea, that was my fifth pick. Locked in. I'll bet it again next year, too. Bet it to the day I die. I was actually, at first I was thinking angels, like bet the angels to make the playoffs. But I did learn my lesson about two years ago not to do that. I remember I. You did that a lot. You did that way more than me. <laughs> like every year I'd put $20. Yeah. They'd have like six to one odds. I'm like, this is the year they turned yeah. it around. And they just never did. <laughs> I think you're usually higher on the angel, like angels going into the season. You know, again, past two years you, you figured it out. Mm-hmm. You're usually more consistently like angels over than I am Dodgers under. Yeah, because. Every year it looks like you guys are going to be good. Yeah. You guys are the Chargers of the MLB. You just are. As a Chargers fan, I can yeah. say that. Yeah, you guys Injuries see. are going to decimate you, and you're going to fail to live up to expectations, and you're going to have one or two really sick players that's like, wow, that guy's really good. Mm. Why can't they win more games? Going back to one next year. Show he's gone. Potentially zero. Potentially. If we hit zero, you, I, get, I vow on this podcast. Dodger fan? Taking baseball off next season. Can you just become a niche fan of like some NL team? Just be a Cardinal fan for a year. No, because it's too hard to watch out of market games in baseball. I'll get you free MLB TV. Nah, I just won't care as much. Taking baseball off next season. Wow, zero That's, games watched. You say that now, but I know Z- if if Mike if is going to roll if around, if Mike Trout and Shohei Otani are not on the Angels next season, and it's like a rebuild, we're getting rid of these star players because we're so fucking bad. I will not watch a single game of baseball by my choice. You just beeped something on the... My bad. Sorry. Sorry to the audience. It's my, t- it's my like Google. A, like a hearing test. Um, I don't believe you. We're going to get there, and you're not going to do this. Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, in different uniforms, not for like a star, like group of star players for a star player. That trade never fucking happens for a bunch of prospects. Full rebuild because they couldn't build a team around them. And Anthony Rendon's still on the team. Oh! Wow. I will not watch a game next year. You anti-Anthony Rendon? Yeah. A completely unrelated coincidence that we might have to add. Uh, February 24th, Saturday, the Dodgers and Angels play a spring training game. Just throwing that out there. I will not watch a regular season game. I'll go to preseason game. <laughs> Fuck it. I mean, we're going to be in town. Yeah, why not? Win in Rome, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you guys are going to beat us 8-0, to zero, and you're going to be like, Fuck, that double-A pitcher. I think he can make an impact in the big league team. You're going to get suckered right back in. I might. <laughs> I'm sorry for you, Ty. <sighs> it right, sucks. I, I wish. I just wish you guys were, like, a little bit good. Like, I like the years when you guys are almost in the wild card. Because then you're in it till the end. And I want to see you guys get swept in the playoffs. Did your dad tell you about the text interaction we had the other day? Uh, no, he did not. He texted me out of the blue. Haven't texted your dad. Well, I mean, we're texting in the group chat a little bit for your bachelor party. But uh, Monday night at 930, he said, dude, that was so bad. Back to back to back dingers. I'm so sorry you're an Angels fan. 
I have no idea what he's talking about. I haven't watched. I, I text him back. I said, Big J, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't watched an Angels game in like two months. My mental health cannot handle it. <laughs> he said, I hear you, just like being a Chargers fan. There you go. So I still, I, ne- I never saw the highlights. I have no idea what he was referencing. Back to back homers, apparently. Yeah, I don't know or by back who. To back to back. <laughs> I don't know, like, if we did that and then blew the game. I don't know if we allowed that in the ninth. Poor Tyler. I feel bad for you. This was a great podcast, though. Anytime we could talk a good movie and how bad the Angels are, it's just a great time. What are we reviewing? Oh, actually, before that, sorry. Random AI-generated movie synopsis. We're going You're a little long, so I'll make this quick. I looked up uh, rich like or famous fictional billionaires, and one of them that came up that I liked was Mr. Burns. Smithers. Okay. Smithers. Do I s- Excellent. Do I sound like Mr. Burns? No. You're whispering like him. You're doing like the same kind of voice, but it's it's like his cousin, maybe. Smithers. You're a little darker there. You're a little gravelly. Ah, movie name. (laughs) A riveting cinematic masterpiece that explores the trials and tribulations of a young... I feel like every week there's trials and tribulations from fucking ChatGPT. Excellent. That explores the trials and tribulations of a young, tenacious wordsmith navigating a gritty urban landscape. Took the name out. Tenacious wordsmith, gritty urban landscape. Our protagonist, a scrappy and determined lad, seeks to rise from the shadows and make his marks in the <laughs> in the world of lyrical expression. Lyrical expression? <laughs> this is too easy. I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Well, you're going to know now. With rap battles, this is the backdrop. He confronts oh his inner demons, confronts his past, and ultimately <laughs> discovers the power of his own voice. Will he triumph against all odds? Only time will tear my, tell, my dear viewers. Excellent. I was fully out until rap battles. It's 8 Mile. It's <laughs> yes. Mr. Smithers describing 8 Mile. <laughs> yes. I helped significantly. Mr. Burns. Oh, Mr. Burns. Yes, Smithers, Smithers is his little sidekick. Yeah, okay. Yes. Wonderful. That's great. Navigating the gritty urban landscape of Detroit. I'm on a I'm on a fucking heater with these, and this is almost the like first one in a while that I haven't gotten. You did the one movie that you actively you knew I haven't watched. Like you were very aware of that fact that I hadn't watched it, mm-hmm. so I don't count that loss. Besides that one, I've been pretty consistent. This would have been the first miss. You've been red hot. I've also given you some easy synopsis, so maybe I need to increase the difficulty next week. Just yeah. saying. I feel like. Uh, they usually have like one or two things that it's just like, oh, it's this movie. Yeah. That Rap helps. battles. It does help a lot. You didn't get it from a young, tenacious wordsmith? <laughs> I didn't understand <laughs> what lyrical the f- expression. Yeah, what the fuck is a lyrical expression? Is a fucking rapper. That's what rap is. You're lyrically expressing yourself. Yeah, I just I was I was thinking like spoken poetry or some shit. <laughs> I was like, what are we doing here? Uh what are we doing next week, Ty? How about that? Next week we are reviewing the movie. The Creator, starring uh, John David Washington, Gemma Chan, some other people. Directed by the same director that directed Rogue One. Gareth Edwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've heard that it's very good. Oh, my God. I've seen some things that say that this is very good. Music by Hans Zimmer. So he's in. Sorry, I just saw something hilarious. I'll tell you after the pod. Oh, okay. Yeah. Leaving that out for the audience. Yeah. That's tough. <laughs> Sorry. I'm excited for this. It looks like a weird sci-fi space epic kind of movie. Yeah. With a Hans Zimmer score, so you know there's going to be big shots with big big music. Go see it in IMAX? That'd Probably be, not. That'd be pretty sick, but I don't think I'm going do down there two weeks in a row. I do 
I am going to see Killers of the Flower Moon and IMAX. I've committed to it. That'd be a good time. 76% on Rotten Tomatoes, though, so far with the critics. So, pretty decent score for a sci-fi movie. Yeah, we'll see. But I'm excited for it. Go watch it. Uh, you got anything else, Jay? I do not, sir. In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.